Hello, dear friends. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable. I hope you're ready to go into God's Word today. And more importantly, I hope you're ready to let God's Word get inside of you. You know, the Scripture says of itself, uh, if, the, if His Word, like seed, gets into a good ground heart, it will bring forth fruit, some thirty, some sixty, and some one hundredfold. Praise God. Well, we had a saying based on that scripture in our congregation for years and still do. If you come with a hungry heart and you receive God's holy word into that hungry heart, that good, rich soil of a hungry heart, it will bring forth fruit thirty, sixty, and a hundredfold. So you won't leave like you came in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. So if you stay tuned to this broadcast and receive God's Word in a good ground heart, you won't leave this broadcast like you came in Jesus' name. Something is going to change. Fruit is going to be forthcoming in your life. Praise God. Well, we want to be fruitful for the Lord. We want to be faithful to the Lord. And we want to help you in both of those areas today. And if you're not a Christian, please stay tuned and listen to the practicality of the Bible. Don't let it be shrouded in a fog of mystery where you can't comprehend and understand the great, great love story that is embodied in the gospel of Jesus Christ. God loves you today. He can't save you unless you receive His Son as your Savior, repenting of your sins. But He loves you enough to give His Son, and that means He wants you for His own. In spite of whatever you've done, He's not interested in your past. He's interested in your present and your future. So He wants you to be in His kingdom. He wants you in His royal family. He wants to save you today. So please stay tuned to this broadcast today. Amen. We're talking about the subject, the blood of Jesus speaks, and so should we. The blood of Jesus speaks, and so should we. We're going to be reading today from Hebrews chapter 12, verse 24 once again. If you missed last week's broadcast and you would like to pick it up, just go to our website. Just type in THCOG. That will take you to the Holy Church of God right here in Tampa, Florida, where this broadcast originates. And you will find uh, a section there, especially uh, uh, reserved for these broadcasts. Uh, and you will also find sermons and you will find scriptures to pictures, which just makes the word come alive. We, we love our webmaster. He's anointed and appointed to do what he's doing. And he's helping us grasp the word of God so the word of God can grasp us. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, if you have your Bibles today, this is a very important subject because you have an accuser uh, in the devil and you have an ally in Jesus. Jesus Christ. So let's let's get down to the to the real uh, part of this that will help you to go free from the accusations of the devil, free from the accusations of your own conscience. Amen. And live a life of victory without the shame, without the fear, without the dread of standing before God with the confidence and consolation that knowing what the efficacy of the blood of Jesus is and how it can affect you right here and right now. Praise God. The blood of Jesus speaks and so should we. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 24. It says, And unto Jesus, 
the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel. That speaketh better things than that of Abel. The Amplified is very clear. It said, And to Jesus the mediator, go-between, agent of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood which speaks of mercy, a better and nobler and more gracious message than the blood of Abel, which cried out for vengeance. If you want to read that, uh, to know that the blood speaks one way or the other, it's in Genesis 4 and verse 10. And he said, what hast thou done? God speaking to Cain about his brother that he, he had killed out of jealousy. And he said, What hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground. What does, he, does it cry? It cries for justice. It cries for vengeance. The blood of the innocent cries constantly for God to move in His divine justice. That's what wrath of God means. It means the justifiable anger. It's not some kind of of just desire to get somebody back. It's desire to bring actual justice for a crime that is done. And we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. But instead of giving us justice, God is offering us mercy. And the only way He can do that is through the blood of His Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ. And because Jesus allowed the justice of God to be poured out, the wrath of God was poured out on Jesus on the cross so that we could be forgiven and God could be just in forgiving us. You see, God can't sweep it under the rug. It would be like a judge. It's been in the paper recently of a crime committed and a judge that gave such a light sentence. It didn't. Justice clearly was not served. And there was a great uproar over that. God cannot and will not let sin go unpunished, else He would be unjust and unholy. But then how can He save anyone because we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. God in His wisdom and God in His love and God in His willingness to save, to seek and to save, gave His Son, allowed His Son to suffer the penalty for our sins, burned out His wrath in Him until Jesus cried, It is finished. It is accomplished. Praise God. Hallelujah. And today the door is open for our salvation. So the blood of Jesus speaks to God. The blood of Jesus speaks to Jesus Christ. And the blood of Jesus should speak to you and me today. To where we have a clear conscience. Amen. And the blood of Jesus speaks to the devil. It tells him, you can drag up all the evidence you want. <laughs> you can you can be the prosecuting attorney coming into God's court to prosecute and accuse God's children because none of us can offer God sinless perfection. But we can offer Him a testimony of our salvation based on the blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So God doesn't condemn us. We must not allow condemnation. In our minds, we still have an accuser. The devil hates the message of the cross. He despises the blood of Jesus Christ. For through it, we are declared 
innocent, righteous, right with God, and we are set free. Praise God. Amen. And so let's go to Revelation here, and and let's talk about what we should be declaring in light of what we know about the blood of Christ and how God sees us after we've been washed in that blood and how how the devil must back off (laughs) and how our conscience must be quieted from reminding us of a past that as far as God is concerned is as if we had never sinned. It's gone, my friend. Amen. The Bible said as it is written in the New Covenant, quoted a verse from the Old Covenant, of what would happen in the New Covenant, as it is written, I will cast their sins away from them as far as the east is from the west, and their sins will I remember no more. Now, friend of mine, the devil's going to remember every single one of them and try to bring them up to accuse you. Uh, there will be people that will never forget and maybe even never forgive you. And your own conscience will not want initially to let it go. <laughs> Amen. But we need our conscience sprinkled from evil, as the Scripture said previously. And that simply means that we're not carrying any further the load of guilt and shame and dread and fear and foreboding whom the sun sets free. The Bible says we are free indeed, and this freedom begins with this understanding of our standing. Hallelujah. Where we, where we stand secure in the, in the finished work of Jesus on the cross because of His shed blood. Listen to Revelation chapter 12, verse 10 and 11 uh, concerning what we should be speaking, what we should be declaring, and how we can overcome the accuser. Listen to this. It said, And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now has come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of His Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before God day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives, even unto the death. That's the devotion that comes when we finally acknowledge what we have when we have this great salvation, this great love, this great this great Savior, this great Sovereign who gave His Son to be our Savior. Hallelujah. We just want to love Him back. We just want to serve Him with everything that we are and everything that we have. But we've got to understand the greatness of this salvation. Listen, we cannot defend ourselves against the accuser by declaring sinless perfection. We cannot ever say that we never have sinned. A sin of omission, a sin of commission, a sin in attitude, a sin in activity. We can't say that. The Scripture is very clear. For we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, the Bible declares. No, not one. It reiterates that because there are people that are so self-righteous, they think that they're one of those people that deserve heaven. No, you don't deserve heaven. If you got justice, you would never 
walk through the gates into that holy city, but you receive mercy and you have received grace. Praise God. And we need to declare that we are saved by grace through faith. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. That means not one person will be able to brag about their holiness, their righteousness, their good works in heaven. Not one. We will all be there for one reason. It doesn't cancel our responsibility uh, to work out our salvation by living out. Uh, and it doesn't mean work for. It means work out our salvation in fear and trembling. We want to reverence God as a Christian. We want to serve God acceptedly. And when we fail and when we falter, we are quick to repent and ask forgiveness and, and recommit to following Jesus as He has He has challenged us to do. Hallelujah. But in the meantime, we need to confess boldly that we are saved because of what Jesus has done for us on the cross. We are saved by the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. It says they overcame Him by the efficacy of that blood, the effectiveness of that blood. And the word of our testimony. And I like the Amplified. It said, And they conquered him by means of the blood and, and of the Lamb, and by the blood of the Lamb, and by the utterance, utterance of their testimony. You know, when you get saved, uh, you, you don't just repent and receive Jesus. There's a confession. There's a confession to be made. The Scripture said, With the heart. Man believes unto the righteousness, but with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Salvation, friend, is incomplete until we confess Christ. We proclaim that we have been saved because of what Jesus has done on the cross, and we confess Him as our Lord and Savior. You see, Christ taught, If you deny me before men, you're ashamed of me before men. I will be ashamed of you before my Father and His angels. But if you confess me before men, I will confess you before my Father and His angels. This is vitally important that Christ confess us as His very own. Amen. Before the Father, as our high priest, our go-between, He's still in that priestly ministry. As a lamb on the cross and as a high priest, now ministering in our behalf in the presence of God and of the angels. Praise God. Amen. And we conquer the devil because we confess Christ as our Savior. We need to always plead the blood of Jesus when engaging the accused in spiritual battle. We are redeemed by Christ's blood. We are ransomed from the fall. We proclaim His death in our behalf and what it is, what it has accomplished. See, Psalm 107 verse 1 and 2 says it this way, O give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good, and His mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom He hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom He hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. 
This is a great word in the, both the Old and New Covenant because to redeem uh, means to pay a ransom, literally. That someone who was held captive could be set free because the ransom price to set them free has been paid. Praise God. I'm so glad to be redeemed today. To be able to declare in the face of the accusing enemy of my soul, the devil, in the face of of my own conscience, who sometimes doesn't want to let it go. A song came out based on a Disney movie, Let It Go, Let It Go, Let It Go. And there are things in our life, dear friends, that we need to let go because God is not holding it against us and the devil can't bring it up because the sins have been remitted. Remitted in the new covenant is a word that, that, that is so very uh, important and relevant to our conscience being clear. Because sin is not just concealed. It's not just covered. God is not just appeased through the atonement for a season. And that sacrifice had to be offered every year. But when sin is remitted, there's no need for the offering of a sacrifice ever again. That sacrifice of Jesus on the cross causes our sin to be obliterated. Our past to be gone as if we had never sinned. You see, we don't only get the forgiveness of sin, but we get the forgiveness of the guilt that it brings us. And that is addressed in salvation. We do not just have Jesus take our our robe that was so sin-stained and be judged in our behalf on the cross for our sin. We are granted His innocence. It's not just us being forgiven, but treated as those old, old sinners that could never stand in God's presence. We are now treated as the very sons and daughters of God Almighty. And the Bible said in Ephesians that we are accepted in the Beloved, which means we're highly favored, highly honored. (laughs) The writer of the song said it best when he said, Who am I? that a king would bleed and die for, who am I? That he would cry, not my will thine for. The answer I may never know why he ever loved me so, that to an old rugged cross he would go, for who am I? Well, this redefines who you are. You may not feel good about yourself. You may be the black sheep of the family. You might, you might be the one that others look down on and, and all of the accumulated guilt and shame may be laying on you like a heavy chain trying to pull you down and drown you in guilt and fear and hopelessness. I want you to know who you are today. You are someone that God loves so much that He gave His Son and that Christ gave His life on the cross to redeem. That's who you are. Regardless of where you've been, what you've done, and what you can't go back and undo, you can be sorry for your sin and you can receive Jesus as your Savior. But the moment that you do, God forgives your sin. When you repent of it and you come to Christ, God forgives your sin based on His sacrifice, Christ's sacrifice in your behalf. And you begin to live a brand new life without the guilt, without the shame, without the hopelessness and helplessness. You don't have to drink up, toke up, or shoot up anymore whom the sun sets free.
is free indeed. It's, it's real freedom from all of those things that weigh us down. Oh, friend of mine, we don't have to fear the wrath to come, for God has not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's look at this, what we should be saved now that we are saved. Look with me in the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 19 through 23. It said, Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Isn't that incredible statement? Having the boldness to enter the holiest. That meant to go where where angels fear to tread. And to go behind the veil. To go into the very holy presence of God. Having the boldness, the courage and confidence to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Oh, friend, I, I, a lot of Star Trek movies are coming back on the scene now. And I remember how that first Star Trek movie and series began. Uh, that they were to boldly go where no man has ever gone before. friend of mine is a Christian today. We can boldly go where no man could ever go before. High priest once a year for one purpose and to offer a sacrifice of sin for himself and then a sacrifice of sin for the people. But now we can boldly go. Hallelujah. Amen. And to enter the holiest. The holiest was that ark of the covenant and the presence of God that dwelt behind the veil. By the blood of Jesus we can enter in to the very personal presence of God by a new and living way which he Christ consecrated for us through the veil that is to say his flesh and having a high priest over the house of God let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith listen having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Ah, and then verse 23 says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for He, for He who promised is faithful. He is promised who faith, who, who is faithful. Praise God. Listen to this carefully. Let's hold fast the confession of our faith without wavering, the King James said, for He is faithful that promised. And we need to declare based on God's own Word and His faithfulness to watch over it, to perform it, that when we are saved, our sins are forgiven. Regardless of what anyone else says, regardless of what the devil says, God isn't listening to what the devil has to say. He's listening to what the blood of Jesus has to say. And the blood of Jesus speaks. Hallelujah. Better things than that of Abel. Instead of calling for justice or calling for vengeance, the blood of Jesus Christ is calling unto God for mercy and God wanted to hear that call. Jesus on the cross was God's plan. For Jesus was not an afterthought after man fell from that place of fellowship with God and that right standing with God. 
when man fell, God didn't wring his hands and say, what shall I do and come up with the salvation plan? The Bible said of Jesus Christ that he was the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. That means when God gave man who was, he was about to create, when he formed the world and, and then made man, he knew that we could blow it because we had a free will. We could choose and we might make the wrong choice. But if we did, God already provides a safety net in one that was to come whose name was Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. And from the foundation of the world, God said, if man blows it, he's not hopelessly lost. There is a plan for his redemption. And that plan is called the gospel of Jesus Christ. The good news of Jesus, that a Savior has come, went to the cross, took our place, took our punishment, so that we could repent of our sins and receive Christ as our Savior, and so that God could pardon our sin. We've been ransomed. That's what Jesus cried on the cross, dear friend. He cried, It is finished. It is accomplished. If it was in the, the financial realm, it would be, it would be, it would be, it's paid in full. Praise God. There's nothing we can add and there's nothing more that God asks. I want you to hear that very clearly. There's nothing more that we can add to what Christ has done to save us. He supplied the blood. We apply the blood. Through repenting our sin and receiving Christ as our Savior, there's nothing more that we can add to qualify for complete pardon and forgiveness. Oh, friend, listen carefully. And there's nothing more that God demands. For He said at the, in the ancient Passover, when it occurred, uh, the, the, the death angel going through the land and the lamb that was slain in, in, in Egypt and, and put on the doorpost of the, every home where they obeyed the command to slay a lamb without spot and without blemish, and put the blood on the doorpost of that home. And then God declared, When I see the blood, <laughs> hallelujah, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. The judgment of God, the wrath of God, the justice of God will not fall on that household that has obeyed God by faith and and put the blood, applied the blood of the Lamb. Today, in the spiritual sense of that, Christ supplied the blood. God supplied His Son. He gave His Son. Jesus supplied His death and His shed blood. And when we apply the blood to our life, we're going to be saved. We're going to be saved. This is God's way of bringing us up out of the hopelessness, out of the helplessness, out of all the shame, all the guilt, of all the sin that we have ever committed. It's God's plan. It's His will. It's His purpose. And if you're a Christian today, you need to boldly proclaim, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. 
Don't ever be afraid to confess. My sins are forgiven. By the blood of Jesus Christ, I now stand forgiven in the presence of a God who knows everything I've ever done and yet accepts me in His Son. And I come to Him and I draw near to Him and I bow before Him and thank Him. And I live a life of thanksgiving every day of my life. And if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior, don't let His death be in vain concerning you. He has supplied the blood that you might be forgiven, that you might be saved, that you might become a child of God, and that you might live with Him in His holy city forever and forever, a new heaven and a new earth, age without end. Well, friend, our time is gone. We're so glad you took time to listen to Let's Talk About Jesus. Come back next week, will you? And let's continue to talk about Jesus.